Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're headed today. Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 36. As we talk about make a move, make a difference. As I was teaching homiletics yesterday, I told them, I said, I said we only do four things here at, at New Song. We focus on four things. We want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Every single sermon that we preach here at New Song is going to fall into one of those four categories because those are the things that God wants to have happen in all of our lives. He wants us to know him, to find freedom, to discover our purpose, and then live for the glory of his name. And so this is obviously part of the make a difference uh, portion of, of who we are as a church, that when you make a move, when you make a move to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll make a difference not only in your life, but in, in the lives of others and, of course, the life of this community as well. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. This is about Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, that being said, let's stop right there. And, and we've shared this verse, we probably share this verse at least three or four times a year. Uh, it's just kind of, it, it's, it's just something that we're passionate about. We're passionate about reaching the lost. We're passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus with those who don't know him. We're just passionate about that. And, and yet, uh, I was thinking about this um, uh, this past week as I was pre preparing for this moment, that, that when, it, when it comes to the scripture, a lot of people focus on the fact that, okay, I probably don't do that enough. I need to share my faith more. And, and Jesus is actually teaching two different things. He's talking about, hey, we need more laborers. Like we need more workers in the field to go out and share the good news of Jesus. But did you notice something else? He says to his disciples, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And he's looking at his disciples and he's saying, hey guys, um, wouldn't it be wise of us to pray about this too? Like, you should pray about this. Let me ask a question. For all of you who love the Bible, you read the Bible, how many times have you read that portion of Scripture? For me, it has been dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I, I, probably hundreds of times I've read this portion of Scripture. But how many times have I stopped, or how many times have you stopped after reading that portion of Scripture said, boy, I need to pray about that right now? Jesus says, hey, listen, when it comes to the harvest, I want you to, I want you to not only go out there and win some lost people, but I want you to pray about it too, that God would actually send people into the harvest field. And I, I thought this morning, wouldn't it be fitting to, to, to take this verse seriously and take some time as a church just to pray? Like right here, right now. Like to take Jesus at his word and, and, and pray this prayer that he tells us to pray. Because I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of just reading through this and just keep going and I never pray what Jesus tells me to pray. And I thought, well, let's change that. Let, I want to change that in my life. Anytime I read this verse in the future, then as often as the Lord will bring it to my attention, that I'm going to, I'm going to pray 
that the Lord would send workers into the harvest field. I think we ought to do that. How many know it's okay to pray in church, right? It's okay to pray in church. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to just bow our heads in a word of prayer, and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, your, your word is so very clear to us that as disciples, we need to have our eyes on the harvest. We need to be thinking about the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the laborers, are few. And obviously, Lord, so very clearly you said in your word that we are to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. And so, Father, that's what we're asking today. We're asking, Lord. We're, we're putting out a petition in front of you. We're inquiring of you. Lord, send workers into the harvest field so that your kingdom and your family would be expanded like never before. And, and Father, as part of that prayer, we would obviously have to pray an, another prayer. Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, don't, don't just use uh, others to accomplish what you want to accomplish in this world. Lord, use me. I'm available. I'm, I'm willing. I'm I need you to speak to me. I need you to prepare me. I need you to put your spirit in me. But Father, do those things in me so that I can live according to your word. So that I can take this portion of scripture seriously. And that I could live it out in my life and in my lifetime. So Father, that's our prayer today. Give us the lost as our inheritance. And send us. And send others. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's as easy as that, right? So I want you to write a few things down, and these are some things that I've shared uh, a long time ago now, um, but they're still foundational to what we're going to talk about today and then, of course, next week. So I wanted you to take some notes and write some things down. Number one, Christians often have their eyes on the church while God has his eyes on the harvest. Christians often have their eyes on the church, but God has his eyes on the harvest. And, and can I explain this to you a little bit more? There are so many churches out there that... And, and believers out there that attend church, and they're only looking inward. They're only looking at what the pastor does, what the worship team does, and what the, the, the janitors do, and what the nursery workers do, and they're looking at the colors of the carpet, and the colors of the seat, and they're, 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 they're just looking inward, and they have their eyes on the church, but God has his eyes on the harvest, and, and there are churches all across America in times past, and even, no doubt, right now, in fact, I know of one right now that they are, they are choosing uh, between, they're kind of remodeling their sanctuary, and there's a big to-do about whether they, should, whether they should purchase pews or whether they should have chairs like we have. They, they, they're, they're literally arguing about, well, should we have pews or should we have chairs? And next will be, once they choose that, it'll be, well, now what color are they going to be? Because, you know, you know, I've told you this before, because red's the color of Jesus' blood. So it all needs to be red. No, it needs to be purple. It's the color of royalty. And we obviously serve the king. No, I think it needs to be green because green signifies new life. It, it, you know, and, and, and they're just, do you think, let me ask you a question. Do you think God cares about the color of our carpet? I mean, when we, when we chose this carpet, do you think God whispered in my ear, oh, Justin, that's a good job. Oh, that's, a, oh, that's the carpet I was hoping for you. I, I just love that color. Do you think God thinks those thoughts? 
I don't know that he does, everybody. I, I, see, see, Christians all around this world, they have their eyes on the, the, the church while God has his eyes on the harvest. And could it be, could it be that God wants us to change our point of view so we could be more effective in his kingdom? And the answer to that is an obvious yes. See, see I need to be intentional. Number two, I need to be intentional about my propensity to remain comfortable, to, to, to remain focused on the inside, to remain focused on me, to remain focused on what's, what's best for me or comfortable for me or right for me, that I have to be intentional about removing that propensity to be comfortable. Let, let me say it like this, that, that, it, that oftentimes Christians have their eyes on the church while God has his eyes on the harvest, but at the same point, a lot of Christians have just their eyes on themselves while God has his eyes on the harvest. And they're, they're more concerned about their comfort. They're more concerned about um, um, uh, what's important to them more than what's important to God. And I was, I got to tell you a new song. Yesterday, at, at, as I was teaching this course, I was bragging on you left and right. Because one of the questions that came out at the end of the day, somebody asked me a question. They said, hey, when you're doing that, when you're, when, when, when you're um, uh, instilling that directive in your church and you're just leading in that direction, what do you do about complaints? Like, what do you do when people complain to you? And I, I look at him and said, nobody complains about that. And he's like, well, they do in my church. I said, well, somebody's got to lead them out of that. So somebody's got to take them out of that mindset. Because what's so awesome, and I, and I just bragged on you left and right, because you know what's incredible about New Song? Is that you guys are so wonderful about thinking about other people and concerned about the world, and you're investing in, in planting churches and supporting missions and reaching lost people. Obviously, we're a very fast-growing church. We've always been a church of growth, and that's because you have your eyes on the right thing. Did you know that... that, uh, that how do I say this? There's a lot of believers out there that just go to church in order to complain. Well, pastor, I think that the drums are just way too loud. You know, I, I think that we ought to do this style of music instead of this style of music. Pastor, it bothers me that you do this, and it bothers me that they do that. And, and you know, that, that young guy on staff, you need to teach that guy that he's not doing his job very well. And, and can I tell you, we don't hear that around here Be, because we are, so, we are so focused on what's really important. We're so focused on what, what's, what, on what most churches aren't focused on. What we're focused on is doing the will of God. Like the will of God trumps my personal preferences. Let, let me say it like this, everybody. I, I told them this, and I've told you this before too, that, that I said, you know, we just have a church that, that doesn't complain. Like they just don't complain. Like their eyes are just uh, are fixed on what they should be fixed on, and we're just happy to worship together, and we're happy to make a difference in the world, and we celebrate the goodness of God, and, and we talk about uh, successes, we talk about church planting, and, and we talk about missions, and we talk about lost people, we talk about baptisms, we talk about, like today, we talk about our teenagers, we just brag on them. Like, we just don't have a, a church that, that complains, and I'm, I'm sitting there realizing that most of them are in churches filled with complainers, and I just brag on you guys all the time because you know better, because you know what's important, because you, you know that, boy, I, I could say several things here, 
You know that the color of our carpet isn't important when it comes to eternity. That the color of our carpet will never be talked about in eternity. That whether you sit on pews or chairs will never be talked about in eternity. It'll never be spoken of. Why? Because those things don't matter. People matter. Stuff never matters. And we have to remain careful because there are a lot of people that focus on the church and there's a lot of people that just focus on themselves. And yet we're wiser than that. And we have to be intentional because we still have the propensity to be too comfortable. Too comfortable. Let me say it like this, that that number three, my calling then isn't to be mediocre because mediocre believers are the ones that focus on the wrong things. My, my, my calling isn't to be mediocre, it is actually to be devoted. And when I'm devoted, number four, then true devotion changes my thoughts and my behaviors. True devotion, I'm going to say it again, true devotion changes my, my thoughts and my behaviors. I live a different like, life when I'm truly devoted to Christ. I just live a different life. And you say, well, how do we become truly devoted to Christ? Like, what's involved with that? Pastor, you say it all the time. We're supposed to be passionately devoted followers of Christ, and we are. That's what we're called to be. And you say, well, how do, how do I know if I'm being a passionately devoted follower of Christ? Well, there, there's lots of answers to that. Do you, do you worship in freedom? Do you worship in spirit and in truth? Do you pray? Do you, do you, do you think about Jesus all the time? But here's, here's a bigger one that we're going to talk about today concerning making a move. One of, one of the indications that you, that you are passionately devoted to Christ is that you die to self daily. That's one, that's one of the indications. That the life I live is not my own. In fact, let me, let me give you some verses for that. We're going to read first out of Galatians 2. Verse 20, and these are just a few verses that I could give you today. It says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Everybody, let me tell you something. Justin's dead. The old Justin, the selfish Justin. Now he wants to come back to life every now and then. And he still has the propensity to be selfish and comfortable and he gets tempted to sin. And I have to remind myself, no, 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 I'm dead to those things. I am alive with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God. It's saying this, everybody. You could say it this way, that no, 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 I die to self. Jesus is my everything. I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God. Jesus is everything to me. I'm devoted to him. I'm I'm passionate about my relationship with him. I don't think about Justin anymore. I just think about Jesus now. Justin is a thing of the past. Now it's Jesus in me. So, So therefore, everywhere I go, I'm thinking Jesus' thoughts. Everything I say, I want it to be filtered through Jesus. Come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Like I can't, I've told you this before, I can't go to Walmart without thinking about Jesus. I can't watch a movie without thinking about Jesus. I can't drop my kid off of college without thinking about Jesus. I can't go into a gas station without thinking about Jesus. All the time, I'm just thinking Jesus thoughts. Jesus thoughts all day long. 
I, I pray, I go into gas stations, and you, you, know, you know the magazine rack that I'm talking about? Lord, Lord, I just declare that somebody would step up and remove that trash. And Lord, I come against that spirit in this area. And I, and I proclaim your freedom to people. Any person that would look at that, they would fall under your conviction and would be set free from pornography. You say, you pray that in gas stations? I certainly do. But I, I drive past churches that are, that are non-Bible-believing churches, which I don't even like to call a church, by the way, because there is only one church, capital C, and it's the Church of Jesus Christ. But they are religious organizations that do not, do not uh, hold to the truth we find in Christ Jesus. And I'll, I'll pray for that church. Lord, I pray not... And watch what I pray here, though. Lord, I pray that those, that those people that would go there would actually be captured by your truth and they would not be deceived any longer. Lord, I pray that that church would shut down in the name of Jesus. So I just pray those prayers. I'm just thinking Jesus' thoughts all the time. You know why that is? Because I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Justin doesn't live. It's Jesus that lives in me. So everything is filtered through Jesus. Am I helping somebody today? So, so, so you think, well, that's just one verse. Is it? Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says this, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Let's leave this verse up here just for a second. Must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It's when we get to a point in our life and we say, Jesus you're more important than me. So I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to des deny my selfish desires. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to resist those temptations. I'm going to reject them. I'm going to walk in truth. I'm going to deny myself because I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at Galatians 5.24. It says this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I, I could go on. Let's look at another. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will actually save it. For the ones who just say, it's not, it's not about me anymore. It's all about Jesus. He says, then you're really a follower. Then you'll know that you're really a follower. Then you'll know that you're passionately devoted to Christ let, let me give you another one. In fact, just a final one here. Luke chapter 14. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot, you cannot be my disciples. You think, whoa, man, I, I don't like that verse. Actually, the more that you give up for Jesus, the more that you love that verse. Because that, that is a verse that gives life. That's a verse that gives life. Let's put that verse back up there again, one more time. The one in Luke. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Can I tell you something? Everybody look at your pastor. I've taught you this before, but I'm going to remind you again. The very thing that you refuse to give up for Christ is the very thing he'll demand of you. He said, I'll have no other gods before me. The very thing that you say, well, you can have all of this, but you just can't have this. I just want to keep this no matter what. Jesus says to you, it's time for you to give that up now. Because I want to be first. 
I want to be your first love. I, I, I want to be everything to you. I want to be everything to you. John chapter 12 is where we're going to go next. I'm going to show you this in scripture and how Jesus actually lived this out in his life. John chapter 12, starting in verse 23. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. So this is Jesus getting ready to head to the cross. He's getting ready to suffer. He says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a a voice came from heaven, and he said, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. This This is an amazing portion of scripture to me, because Jesus is looking at his disciples and he says, let me give you, what, what, watch this everybody, let me give you the key to life. Let me give you the key to success. The key to success, the key to life is actually death. The key to life is actually death. Now he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about surrendering the flesh, submitting yourself wholeheartedly to Christ, not hanging on to who you are, but becoming who you're meant to be in Christ Jesus, that you die to self. And he said, if you really die to self, if if you really lay down your life before me and surrender to me wholeheartedly, then you'll actually live. In fact, you'll not only live, but you'll produce a harvest. You'll actually increase. You'll be a person of increase as you accomplish things for the glory of my name. Can I tell you, there's a lot of churches across America that just refuse to preach these type of messages. And what they're doing is they are keeping the blessings of God from their sheep, from from the flock, from from their church family. Because when you lay down your life in Christ and say, Lord, have all of me, I just surrender to you. Then God, he picks you up and he washes you off and he cleans you. And he says, oh, do I have some good things in store for you. Your best life, new song, is one that is totally surrendered to Christ. It is your best life when you can walk around saying, not in a bragging way by any means, but I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. The life I live is a life with Jesus as the focal point. And everything is filtered through him. Let let me show you this. See, the, the reason 
the reason that Jesus had to die, the reason that Jesus is talking this way, the, the reason that Jesus says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if the seed is planted in the ground, it actually produces a harvest, is what Jesus is saying. So he's saying, hey, listen, guys, the followers of Christ, you disciples, you need to know something. When they plant me in the ground, I'm about to die. I'm about to be crucified. And when they plant me in the ground, the devil's going to think that he won. But I'll come out of the ground, not only, not only as, a, as a witness to the glory and the power of God, but I'll come out of, ground, out of the ground. And because of that, lots of seeds are going to spring up. A harvest is going to spring up because when a seed dies, it actually produces a harvest. And he says, and Jesus is saying, I'm that seed. But he's also looking at his disciples and saying, and by the way, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And he's looking at his disciples and saying, hey, I'm a seed. I'm going to go into the ground, but when I come out, there's going to be a lot of Christians. There's going to be a lot of believers. There's going to be a lot of people who hold to my name and who, who are, are let, let's say it this way, harvested into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, by the way, You've got to die to self too. Like, I don't want to go through this. He even says that. I don't really want to go through this. I, I'm troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And he says, no, it was for this very hour that I was created. New song, it was for this very hour that you were created. It's for this very time, this very generation that you were created so that you could die to self, that you could be crucified with Christ. Therefore, you're no longer alive, but Christ lives in you. You are dead to yourself. You're dead to your sinful nature. You're dead to the flesh. You're dead to those temptations. And then you'll create and you'll reap a harvest by the glory and the power of God. It's just how it works. Your best life. <laughs> I... I in context, let me say it like this. Your best life is a life that has been crucified with Christ. It's your best life. It's your best life. See, when, when, God, when God created you, he had a harvest in mind. He had a purpose for your life. He, he saw a problem and he said, hey, I'm going to create Justin Chambers because he's going to be a solution to that problem. And he said the same thing about you. I'm going to create them as a solution to a problem because when he created you, he had a harvest in mind. And he, he's just wanting one thing from you. That you just submit to him. That you just surrender to him. That you just live every day for the glory of Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul said, he, he looked at people he was talking to and he said, hey guys, I die every day. And he followed it with, I die every day. I mean that, brothers. <laughs> he said that. I die every day. Like every day I just wake up and I, I choose to be dead to the flesh, to dead to sin. I, I'm, I'm alive with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ every day. You know, for a long time, uh, and I've changed my prayer habits now, but for, for quite some time, I would wake up every single morning, and this happened for years. I would wake up in the morning and I would say just a, a very planned prayer, and, and part of that prayer was, Father, today I choose to be a man of God. And what I was doing was, Father, today I, I, I choose to die to self. I'm going to live for your glory. 
Now, since then, I've, I've, you know, again, my prayer life has changed since then. I've grown and matured since then, and things are just different. But that's still a great prayer to pray. Father, today, I choose to be a man of God. I choose to be a woman of God today. I choose to die to self. Let me, let me just teach you a couple more things in this. What, what we do, if you, if, you choose, if you choose to live for yourself, just to fulfill your own desires, just to gratify the desires of, of your heart, and you're just living with this world as a playground instead of like what we talked about last week that is a battleground, that what we do for ourselves dies with us. But what we do for others gets stored up in all of eternity. Did you know that? That what you do for yourself, it dies with you. But what you do for others is stored up for all eternity. Let, let me prove this to you in scripture. Well, well, first of all, you remember the obvious one that, that, that we lay up or we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, right? You remember that portion of scripture where rust and moth doesn't destroy? We store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Hebrews 6.10 is another great verse not quoted as often as, as lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, but it's still a great verse. It says, God isn't unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown as you've helped people and continue to help people. God isn't unjust. He's going to reward you. He's going to honor you for that. He's not going to forget your work. He's not going to forget your life. He's not going to get, forget your sacrifice. He's not, for going to, he's not going to forget everything that you poured in to other people. He's not going to forget the fact that you were crucified with Christ, therefore you no longer lived. He's not going to forget that. And you'll be rewarded throughout all of eternity. And what, what the difference is, New Song, is we have to see then, in order to, in order to truly experience that, we have to see life through the lens of eternity. We, we have to view life through the lens of eternity. That's why I think Jesus thought so often. Because when I'm thinking Jesus' thoughts, it happens to me all day long. I'm thinking eternal thoughts. Are they believers? Do they know Jesus? When, when an ambulance passes by, are you like me? I just pray for whoever's in the ambulance because I don't know if they know Jesus. So, so I see an ambulance. Father, I, somebody's in trouble. Lord, I... I don't know what this day holds for them, but I pray that they'll call out to you today, whoever they are. And, and it doesn't take 30 seconds or 30 minutes to pray that prayer. It only takes five seconds. It's just a Jesus thought. Uh, it's, just, it's just thoughts filtered through the lens of eternity. Everybody see that? See, see when, you have, when, when you have your eyesight when your eyesight is, is set through the lens of eternity, all of a sudden, the, the daily things of life don't matter as much. They just don't, they just don't matter. Uh, let, let me say it this way. When, when you see life through the lens of eternity, it's actually going to lead to sacrifice. Because what used to be important to you is not going to be important anymore. But it'll also lead to the blessings of God in your life. Um, um, success, is, success is not determined by what you gain. It's actually the opposite. Think, how many know things work in an opposite fashion in the kingdom of God? If you want to receive, what do you do? Well, you give. You give. If, if you want to live, you actually have to die. That, that, that's how, that's, it's just how it works. If, if you want to be first, you're actually going to be last. 
But if you're okay with being last, you're actually going to be first. You see how that works in Scripture? So, so success is determined not, not by what you gain. Success is actually determined by what you give up. Well, pastor, I, I don't know if I want to give up these things. Well, you're going to have to pray about that. Because the very things that you refuse to give up for the kingdom of God is the very thing that God will require of you. So I've just learned. And you say, well, how, how do I put all this together? I've just learned. I'm crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. So when you think about that in terms of stuff, I don't have stuff. I don't have any stuff. All of my stuff doesn't belong to me. All of my stuff belongs to him. And he can have what he wants. And if he says to give it, I'm going to give it. And if he says to keep it, I'll keep it. And if he says you don't need that, then I don't need that. And if he says go ahead, then I go ahead. Like it's, all, it's just all of his stuff. It, 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 it's, not, it's not mine. It just belongs to him. And, w- and when he says, and he does this quite often, God does this. Hey, hey, uh, and, and it's just, this is per- I'm not going to tell you amounts. I'm not going to tell you who we give to. But there are lots of times where Jennifer and I will get together, and sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's her, and she'll say sometimes, hey, hey, Justin, I really think the Lord wants us to give such and such to this, to this ministry. My answer every single time is absolutely. And sometimes she'll say, I really think we ought to support this ministry. I'll say, absolutely, let's do that. Well, I didn't even tell you how much. Well, I don't care. If the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, if the Lord has told you, to, who would I, who, I'm not going to tell you to rebel against God. You know, in fact, can I tell you something? The more that we give away, the more God just brings back to us. He just does that over and over and over again. And I'm living a blessed life. I am blessed by the Lord. I don't have any financial concerns. I really don't. I have no financial concerns. And I just keep giving stuff away and God just keeps bringing it back to me. He just does that. You know, it's funny that uh, my wife and I needed an extra 300 bucks. Uh, We'd saved up money to take Isaac down to Baton Rouge. And my, my wife and I needed a, an extra 300 bucks just because it cost us more than we expected. And, um, and I told Jennifer, I said, don't worry about it. We have it. We have it in savings. And, you know, it's not going to break the bank type of deal. And, and she said, well, still, we, you know, we tried to budget it for that. I said, I said, it's a no big deal. You know, it starts us on. He's worth it. Well, yesterday, somebody handed me a check for $368. And I told Jennifer, I said, hey, I'm 68 bucks ahead here. You know, that's, that's mine, by the way. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, I promise I didn't. I'm just telling you, when you live your life just to give and to bless others, and when you choose to be crucified with Christ and really get to that point where you say, it's not I who live, it's not my stuff, I don't have any stuff. Whatever I have, it just belongs to God. And if God says, give a car away, I'm gonna give a car away. If God says, buy a car for somebody, I'll buy a car from somebody. I just, I just, we've just chosen to live life like that. And, and the more that we give, the more God gives us. And the more he gives us, the more that we give away. And the more we give away, the more he gives us. And the more he gives us, the more we give away. It's just how it works. And we've learned that we're just living a simple life. If you saw our cars, if you saw our house, we, we, not impressive. Because it's just stuff. It's stuff. So make a move. Well, what's the first move we make? Because this is a, this is a, a little short series as we prep for a new season of growth, and, and we always start, uh, we, we, we see like a summer, in the summer, it kind of just is a stair step. 
we level out, and then and then in the fall we grow, and then around Christmas time we level out, and then in the winter we grow. And it's just how it's always been here at New Song. It's just a stair step. And so so we're coming into another season of growth. And I want you to I want you to be ready. I want you to I want you to live a crucified life and help us win lost people for Jesus. And before we get there, and before I really teach you how to make a move in public, I'm asking you to make a move in private. Like before, before you make a move out there to make a difference in somebody's life, the best thing that you could do is make a move in front of Jesus Christ and lay your life down before him and say, Father, to the best of my ability, I give you my life. I surrender my life. Whatever is mine is actually yours, and I give it all to you. It belongs to you. Now use me for the glory of your name. You're, you're coming to, to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I choose this day to be crucified with Christ. So that, I, so that I'm not the one who's living, but it's you living in me and through me because I want to be used for your glory because everything I think, everything I do, everything I say needs to be filtered through my absolute love and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to, new song, if you want to be great out there, you got to be great right here with God. I, I was teaching this class yesterday that there's a lot of pastors, I, I believe a lot of pastors out there that, that, that preach under giftings. They're just gifted to speak. But there are other pastors who preach not only out of giftings, but out of the anointing of the Lord. And I need the, I, I've discovered a long time ago, I need to be anointed by the Lord. I, I need to make sure that this is right between me and God before I communicate, communicate any of this to any of you. That before I make a move out there, I need to make a move right here and make sure that my life in Christ is right. Would, would, would you um, stand up with me this morning? I'm gonna just ask a couple of questions as we kind of draw this to a close. I love teaching this stuff. I, I know this is, this is a sermon that a lot of Pastors aren't preaching these days because they don't want to run people away from the church. And what I what I've found out in life and in ministry is people just want to be told the truth. They, they just want they, they, they just want some just teach me the word of God. I just want to know what God really says. And and I've proven that to you through scripture this morning. That one of the things that God wants from us is just to die to self and to live for the glory of his name. I say it every Sunday, don't I? That we just live for the glory of his name. Have you been crucified with Christ? Is everything that you say and do and think and go, is it filtered through your love and devotion to Jesus, for Jesus? Is that the filter that you have? Do you think Jesus' thoughts all day long, and do you respond to them? Or are you just living your life because you want more stuff? And you think, well, that'll make me happy if I have this. And then if I'll be happy if I get this. And then I've always wanted that. And boy, this would be really cool if I had that. And you're just scrounging for more stuff. Are, are you fighting for the world and the world's stuff? Or are you fighting for the cause of Christ? It's a great question, isn't it? And some of you, I, I know in this room, some of you, and this is just through, through the Holy Spirit 
speaking to me. I, there, there are some of you who know right now, I am not living a crucified life. I am not dead to the world. I'm not dead to sin. I'm still involved in those things, and I don't want to be anymore. And it's time for me to get serious about my relationship with Christ. And you need to make a move today. But your move, your first move, is to the Lord. Your first move is to the Lord. That you come before him and you literally, to the very best of your ability, you surrender to him. You submit to him. And you say to him, Jesus, have all of me. Have all of me. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? To the best of my ability, I've explained to you what I believe the Holy Spirit is asking of us today, what he's asking of people in this room. And for those of you who have just been moved by the Holy Spirit and you know that right now in your heart, it's you. You're sitting here, yeah, that's me. I haven't fully surrendered my life to Christ or maybe I used to be fully surrendered to Christ, but I need to make a move today to the Lord Jesus Christ. The move I'm making today is to get in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because I've not been in it as of late and I need him to change me and I'm getting serious about my relationship with Christ. Without anybody looking around, if that's you, could you just hold your hand really high? I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out. To hold your hand really high. Yeah, there's lots of people. Lots of people. I'm so proud of you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray a couple of prayers, but the first one is a prayer as we make our move, as we make the move to Jesus. And it goes like this. Jesus, I come before you in humility with a repentant heart and, and the best way I know how, I'm surrendering my life at your feet. And I'm choosing the crucified life. I'm choosing to die to self. I want to be able to walk out of this place today and with all that I have, with all that's within me, to be able to say, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Jesus lives in me. That's what I want to be able to say today. So the best way I know how, I'm surrendering and submitting my life to you today, asking you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Create in me a clean heart. Purify my heart. Purify my mind. Help me long for you more than I long for anything or anyone else. Help me to see when the devil is coming against me and tempting me, putting things in my path and in my way that would distract me from who you want me to be. Lord, reveal those things to me, and when you do, I will resist the devil knowing that he will flee. I choose this day to walk in freedom. To have ears that hear your voice and a heart that obeys. Lord, to the best of my ability, counting on you to strengthen me, counting on your spirit to fill me, I give you my life. 
I give you my heart. I give you everything. I make a move to you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for washing me clean from taking away my past. Thank you that I am no longer who I was, but I have been made new. I've been washed clean. My heart is right. My mind has been set right. You are transforming me and will continue to transform me. And I want to say thank you. You get all the glory for that. You get all the glory for that. And I thank you for it. Now could we all just open up our hands toward heaven and let's just bless the Lord for a moment and let's pray some prayers that we probably need to pray today. Father, there are times in our lives that we get distracted. There's some things in our lives that sometimes we, we, we aim for and we strive for and sometimes they become more important than your call upon our life, than your purpose upon our life. Sometimes, Father, we get so distracted by our own desires and Lord, we don't want to live that type of life. So today, all of us offer our lives to you. We want you to know, Father, that we long to live for the glory of your name, that we long to honor you in all things, at all times, in all ways. Lord, that we long to be a blessing to you and to others. Lord, we long to be a part of something that is making a difference in the lives of people, not only here in Plymouth and in Marshall County and North Central Indiana, but literally around the world. Lord, our heart's desire is to make a difference in this world. Our heart's desire is not to be successful in the eyes of men. Our heart's desire is to be successful in your eyes, to live out your purpose in our life. That Father, we lay hold of that truth today. We lay hold of what you're calling us to. Father, train us and teach us and fill us with your spirit so that we can be who you've called us to be for the glory of your name, for the expansion of your kingdom, for the expansion of your family. We pray all of these things in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.